Hey, y'all. Timer says it's time to come in and have a seat. How y'all doing tonight? Everybody good? Yeah, well, welcome to church tonight. I'm glad you all are here. We're going to start uh, tonight with singing a chorus of I Will Sing of the Mercies of the Lord. Uh, let's stand up. We'll sing it together.
Mr. Jason. Appreciate it. Well, you, uh, if you were paying attention, you already know, but Pastor Andrew uh, is here in town. We have uh, his son, Clayton, has an orthodontic appointment tomorrow. And so I'm invited him to come up and just tell us a little bit about what's happening in Minnesota and, uh, and what's happening with his house and whatever else he wants to give us an update on. Here, I'll show you the picture real quick. I don't know what else to do with this picture afterwards, but they sent me this this, wow. this week. <laughs> did they uh, put any powder on your head so they it didn't did glow? They did powder my head. <laughs> didn't they do that one time or no? They offered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, hello, everybody. Good to see you. Uh, I guess back as a visitor, uh, so... So one person welcomed me, so introduced their net themselves to us. So, Dr. Barber said, "Hello, I'm Brian Barber. Nice to meet you." <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're just we flew in, got in about four this afternoon. Clayton's got two orthodontist appointments to finish round one with the orthodontist here. So he was like, "Hey, if you could just come two more times, I'll get him finished with round one, and he's got more to do." But anyway, so we flew in yesterday. Appointments at 10:30 tomorrow, and then we're driving back uh, tomorrow with my parents. So. Uh, yeah, yippee-skippy with that. Um, yeah, it's been about uh, almost two months now. Uh, still trying to figure it out. It's good. You know, Minnesota, they're, it's just different, you know, different, uh, not bad, just they're different people. I was talking to a lady the other day, and she asked me my name, and I said, Andrew. And I do kind of mumble sometimes, but she said, what was that, Andrew? What was that, Andrew? Andre? Andrew? She's like, oh, it must be your accent. <laughs> Okay, so we've got that a little bit. Clayton's already trying to do the bag and, uh, you know, whatever else with that. But anyway, up there is Duck Duck Gray Duck. It's not Duck Duck Goose, so pray for me with that one. That's, uh, I'm not going to die on, we'll die on that hill. Anyway, um, so yeah, we're jumping into the ministry there. Uh, there's, I'm teaching one Bible class. We have a Christian school there, so I teach twice a week, 6th or 8th grade Bible. They do like a block schedule, so it's an hour and a half with 24 6th or 8th graders. Whew, that's fun. And uh, uh, let's see, uh, we put an offer on a second house, and it's been accepted. Um, we got two things left for it uh, for us to close. The roof had a lot of hail damage and leaking, and so they said they or they submitted a claim for it. So we're just waiting for the adjuster to come, and nobody can get a hold of him or the insurance company. So just pray that that'll. Uh, happen and then it's on a well, so they did the well test and the water came back with something in it, and so they're shocking it tomorrow, and then we'll retest it. So those are kind of two big things left. Uh, we're supposed to close on the 13th, which would be awesome. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that'll happen or not, but uh, Jessica has faith that it will, so uh, she's looking forward to have a home. We've been, th- been with our in-laws and they've been great, um, but you know it'd be nice to have uh, something as our as our own. So. Yeah, we're just uh, trying to figure it out with Michigan guys, and uh, Clayton's excited to be here tonight, so I don't know if this will be good or bad for him to, uh, to come back to all of his friends, but uh, uh, Jessica's doing well. Um, I got her, uh, she played the piano Sunday morning, so convinced her of that, and uh, she didn't realize that she had to play for communion and all kinds of other things that Sunday morning, so it was great, great to break her in with that. She'll probably watch this later, but uh um, Eden's doing well in class. She's in second grade. Her teacher's been teaching for 29 years, so um, that was a blessing. She knows what she's doing. And Preston is still Preston, tripping and falling, running 100 miles an hour. Um, he doesn't have his glasses right now because I have them because his new pair are here, so we're just doing a couple things. But, yeah, just keep praying for us. We're figuring out. You know me. I'm 100 miles an hour, so I'm jumping in, but I'm trying to, you know, be careful not to step on toes or, you know, 
changed anything too major like that. Uh, but I'm just overseeing a lot of ministries, and so I'm just trying to meet people and see what they do, what they, um, you know, what kind of how things work up there. Pretty laid back, um, but they still, uh, <clears throat> Pastor would love our October schedule. I, you know, I've been told like this is very laid back, not a lot on the schedule. This month we have something every single weekend. Uh, starting this Friday of a Bible conference, and an ordination, then a men's retreat, and then a men's outing, and it's like, whew, it's like, sounds like Southeast here, uh, but um, yeah, I, I think that's really about it, unless you have any other questions, so um, yeah, it uh, looks looks the same, which is pretty cool, and most of you look the same, so a couple of you have got a few more gray hairs, but no, I'm just kidding, so yeah, we love you guys, and uh, we miss you, so come up and visit sometime. It actually was 88 on Monday, and they were all freaking out. So, but it'll be 32 on Friday. So, it's uh, the weather's coming. But thank you. 32. You can have the 32 on Friday. I'm bemoaning the fact that it's going to be uh, 52 on Friday. So, anyway, well, good to have you all here, and it's always great to see Pastor Andrew. We're thrilled to see him be able to come in. So, uh, Clayton got out of the car, and all of a sudden, I heard Clayton and these kids come running over and there's this group hug happening with Clayton out there, so that was kind of exciting to, to watch that. All right, we're going to continue our study on Side by Side. Uh, by the way, Doc was able to get a book in. I think maybe my I just ordered too many books. I don't know. Uh, so if you ordered them one at a time, he was able to get his through Amazon, So, um, which is what I tried to do, but uh, they haven't come in yet. So um, I'll try again this week, see if I can get some in, but anyway, so I'll just... Uh, every week I want to kind of talk to you about what it is. So side by side, there's two sides to this Christian life, and uh, one of them is that we are needy people. Everyone in this room walked in with a need, at least one, probably more than one. In fact, I would guess at least ten. And if you take that, you know, this room this size and multiply it by ten, you got a lot of, there's a lot of things that people are dealing with out there. We don't we don't wear it on our sleeves, and most of us don't wear it on our face. You know, it's nice. We come in, we smile, we're, we're uh, happy to see one another, but we're struggling. So recognizing that we are needy people, remembering that God, it's interesting, when God goes through the, uh, through the um, creation, he says, this is good, this is good, this is good. Then he made man. What did he say? This is very good. And then the next thing he says is, it is not good that man should be alone, right? I mean, think about this, right? So, I mean, God from the beginning said, man needs help getting through life. And then God proceeded through his grace and mercy to give us help. He gave us his word that uh, we can read and we can find out uh, direction for our lives, etc., etc. Then he gave us his Holy Spirit in salvation. We have the Holy Spirit that comes and indwells us and helps us to understand the Word, and encourages us, and all those kinds of things. And then, He gave us each other. He gave us the church. And so, that the first side of this book has been about, uh, you know, learning how to accept the help that God has offered. The second side of the book, which we've been on now for a couple of weeks, is learning how to be the help that God needs us to be, or wants us to be. Right? I, I say wants us to be rather than needs us to be. God doesn't need anything from us, right? I mean, God's completely sufficient without us. We need Him. Uh, but His desire is to use us 
to encourage one another. So we're on that side of the uh, equation. Let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll jump into the study. Father, we love you. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for letting Pastor Andrew and Clayton be with us tonight, and pray that you would just uh, help that house thing to work out for them, and uh, give them traveling mercies on the way back to this grandma who's uh, in the hospital. And we pray that you would just uh, teach us in your word tonight, and we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So Pastor Andrew didn't mention, but his grandma's in the hospital, and so... Um, his his parents are supposed to be going back with him and Clayton uh, to <clears throat> to um, just see the house and all the things that are going on there. And now Grandma's in the hospital, so that may throw a wrench into some of those things. So just pray about that for them. I know that they would uh, really appreciate it. So not only do we need help, but we need to be help. And so we're on that be help side, becoming a good helper. Uh, so we looked last couple of weeks, remember we have the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is in us, and the Spirit of God is empowering us to do the work that God has called us to do, and part of that work is to help one another. And then we move toward and greet one another rather than shying away. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not talking about visitors in here, but I am to, to us as a church, we simply cannot... Um, you know, come in and sit back and then get up and walk out and expect that we're getting out of church what God intended for us to get out of church. Now, we can do it, right? And you might be content with that. You personally might say, I'm content with that. But this is a two-sided coin. You came in with in, in need of help. You know it. God knows it. Now we all know it, right? We don't know what the help is you need, but we all know it. So God's trying to give you the help, encouragement that you need, and so this is part of that process, coming into church. But the flip side of that is, too, now we're on this, you came into a situation where there are people around you who need help, and we have a responsibility to one another. So, you know, you can't just simply slip into the back of the church, have the service, and slip back out and, and, and walk out and say, I did my job, I went to church, because going to church isn't what we're here for. You understand? We're here to grow in Christ and to become what he wants us to be. In Ephesians chapter 4, turn over there if you would please, in Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, I don't have it on the board, so you just have to look at it. <clears throat> uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13, I'm going to start reading in verse 13. Till we all come in the unity of the faith, this is what God wants us to be working on, right? Till we all come in the unity of the... I'm sorry, let's start at verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body, till we all come in unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This is what we come together for. Is this talking about the church? Yeah, in verse 11, he gave to us pastors and teachers, etc., etc., but we keep on going down. Go down, if you would, please, to verse 16. From whom the whole body... Fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according, and by the way, that every joint supplying, here we are, we're all part of the body, and every joint is supplying, doing its part, every joint supplieth, according to effectual working in the measure, every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So this is what God's trying to do, right? This is what a church exists for, so that we can come together, everybody doing their part, and we all are made more like Christ with each step. So that's how we do this. So uh, he, this, this is the very practical side of the book. The next one we're looking at is having thoughtful conversations. How many of you in your grade school 
can remember going through a class of some sort, or at least a section of a class, in which they taught you how to become a good conversationalist. How many of you can remember that? Okay, there's three in here. Now, this morning in the earlier service, when everybody is like the, you know, the median age is about 75, uh, everybody was like, oh, yeah, we did that. Oh, yeah, we did. We, we, we've quit doing that as a society. And we have, we have not, we're not very good conversationalists today. We're just not. And, in fact, it's gotten worse because our conversation is in snippets. In fact, how, don't, you know, don't answer this in that loud, but how many of you would say, please don't answer, don't raise your hand, don't do anything. How many of you would say to, you, to yourself, I prefer texting? <laughs> you know, because face-to-face conversation, it's going away. It's going away. And yet, you know, the Bible says this. The Bible says, um, just as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And I would remind you that iron does nothing to iron unless they come in contact with one another. You know, I mean, if you're going to sharpen a knife, you have to run it across that sharpening tool, right? It has to come in contact with each other for sharpening to take place. Otherwise, it does nothing. And that's a reality about what God's trying to accomplish in us. Iron, we don't sharpen the countenance of our friend without contact. You know, we need contact. And so, anyway, so this, he's going to go through this concept of having a thoughtful conversation. Um, I used to teach this to my youth group. I mean, so I know that there's at least some people who uh, have heard it uh, that even go to our church because some people in our church who are now adults were in the youth group uh, when I was uh, in charge of youth group. And so uh, we went through, we would go through a, a thing where we would practice. We would literally divide up and we would practice having a conversation. Uh, so tell me, please, you know these things. What's a good rule of conversation? Eye contact. Listening. Don't interrupt. Active listening. Talk about the other person, not yourself. Uh, you know, don't be doing other things. Like, you know, good conversation, you should not be sitting there writing notes. You know, doing other things. Texting. I, I'm... I tell you, this is, I, I, I get onto our interns. This is a horrible, horrible habit that the, the younger generation has gotten into. It's no big deal. They're sitting there talking, yeah, Pastor, uh-huh, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. I'm like, Would you please look at me and put your phone away? So last, this last summer we were like, okay, my office is a no-phone zone. Set your phone, no, no, no phone. You don't need to be on the phone when we're having a, a meeting here, Right? You can live without your phone for 45 minutes, I promise. You're not, nothing bad's going to happen. And uh, so anyway, so he's going to just give us some very practical things on having a thoughtful conversation. One is, have and so let's talk about this for a moment. Last Sunday, how many first-time visitors did we have? Anybody know that did not hear me say it this morning? How many first-time visitors did we have? We actually had five. You almost had it. We had five first-time visitors on Sunday. All right? How many? No, I won't ask you that. So uh, I, I don't know if you met any or not. I hope you did. So 
some of those first-time visitors came back Sunday night, two of them did, and those same two came back this morning to this morning service, and here's what they said. They said, you know, we're trying to visit, they said we have one Wednesday night that we missed at another church, we're trying to visit a Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night of the churches we're interested in before we make a decision. And since you guys have a Sunday morning and we missed a Wednesday night for this other church, we're going to come to your Sunday, Wednesday morning and, uh, and go there tonight. But they also said this. They said, plus we thought, you know, what better way to, on the first Wednesday of the month, we follow our, our Wednesday morning service with a lunch. And they said, what better way to learn about a church than to eat lunch with them? And so they, this was great. And so they stayed for lunch and had a great time. So that was... Uh, Trefina and Mike, or Trefina, I think that's how she pronounces it, Trefina and Mike. Um, he's the one who had the walker because he had a um, hip replacement a couple weeks ago. All right, so anyway, um, so here's his, here's his uh, advice to us. Have an initial script in mind. Next Sunday, it is likely we will have a first-time visitor. Why do I say that? Because in the 14 years that we've been in this sanctuary, you can literally count on one hand, one hand, the number of Sundays we have not had a first-time visitor unless it was like bad weather, you know, we had snow and stuff like that, nobody showing up, right? We, we get visitors here all the time. Obviously, we don't keep all of them or we'd be a church of 2,000 at this point, but I have a stack of, of visitors cards that is this high. I mean, it's huge, and that represents half of that 14 years. It's massive, the number of visitors we've had in our church. So, somebody's going to be visiting probably next Sunday. And what, how do you have a conversation where you start out like, what would I talk to somebody about that I don't know? You have an initial script in mind, right? So that you're not just going in cold turkey. Not everybody is like your pastor and can talk to a wall. So, you know, you've you got to have something in mind. So what, what would be a good conversation starter? First-time visitor, you want to make them feel welcome. What's a good conversation starter? Okay, introduce yourself. Right, hi, I'm Ed. How you doing? Good to have you here. What was your name? You know, that's a good start. What else? Church background. Hey, where you, where you been going to church, you know? What else? He's going to give you some things here. So we'll talk about that in just a minute. So you can think about the initial script starter. But look at the next thing he says. So we had listener, listen, and we had active listener. There's an old saying, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. And this guy wants to correct this in this book. He's like, the way to someone's heart is through the ear. Not theirs, yours. When we become a good listener... I mean, a really good listener. They will reveal to us some things. For instance, if you talk to someone for just a few minutes, you'll very quickly find out what they love. Right? Why? They'll talk about it. Can you think of a Bible verse that supports that reality? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? What, what's... What's important to my heart just comes out of my mouth. It's just natural. You don't have to beg your pastor to talk about his kids or his grandkids. It's what's important to, you know, to me. It's just It's natural for those things to come out. 
If somebody loves football, they'll start talking about football. If somebody loves racing, they'll start talking about racing. It, it, it's just natural. But you do have to have more than a you know, three-second conversation. But if you'll have a conversation with people, it's not very long before you can figure out, if you're a good listener, what they love. Next one. You can also figure out what they're afraid of. I'm not talking about spiders and snakes here, right? I'm talking about what their heart is afraid of. All you have to do is listen. People will tell you. They will. I mean, some people are afraid to die. Some people are afraid to have conversations with people they don't know. <laughs> you know, some people are, I mean, keep filling in the blank. All you have to do is listen. It doesn't take long, and people's fears begin to become apparent. But you do have to listen. It, it doesn't just happen, and you don't listen by saying, hey, what are you afraid of? I mean, it's not, that's not what we're talking about. You know, we're just talking about listening to conversation. You'll find out what they find hard about the life that they're living right now. Every one of us are facing something that's hard for us to face. Every one of us. Life's hard, right? It's, it's, uh, it's worth it. You know, we're not suggesting that you know, life isn't worth it, but it's hard. And if we will listen... Just listen for a little while to people. We'll find out what's hard. They'll begin to reveal it, the difficulties that they're going through. Now listen, none of this matters if I don't want to be on the help side of this equation, right? If all I want to do is come in, sit down, get up, and walk out, if that's my comfort and I don't want anything else from anybody else and, I don't want God, and God's wrong, I don't need help, everybody else does, I get it, but I don't, so I get in, walk out. But if, but if I've embraced the idea that I'm here to carry out a role, and that role is for every joint to supply the body so that the body is strengthened and edified and made more like Christ, now I come in listening, and I find out what people love and what people are afraid of and the hard things that they're facing, and what are their hopes you know, as they're facing this hard thing and as they're facing this fear, what... What are they hoping? What, what, what is their anticipation? What is, and, and if I listen, I can find these out. And that puts me in a very unique position to be a helper. And by the way, go ahead. Yeah, this is all building on each other. So don't forget last week we talked about we have the Holy Spirit of God, right? We do. We have the Holy Spirit of God who is also guiding us, helping us to interpret this conversation that we're having. And, and all of a sudden, we, you know, we're in a different situation, which, by the way, leads us to prayer. And I, I'm, prayer, I'm not talking about this like, hi, Chad, nice to meet you, let's pray. No, that, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about I'm praying today that as Sunday comes and we have that first-time visitor or that returning visitor or just simply someone that I've never met yet that's been coming to church for a while. And, and so as Sunday comes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prayerfully consider the conversation I'm going to have. And I'm going to ask God to help me to be able to discern some of the things of the heart. The heart is hard to understand, right? It's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Sometimes the person you're talking to doesn't know what they're afraid of. And all of a sudden you are able to know what they're afraid of without them even understanding. Have you ever had that happen with one of your kids? 
you know, and you, you realize, wow, they're just, they're, they're terrified that, that they're going to not be popular at school or that they're going to get a bad grade. Or that, you know, and they've never really understood that. All they know is they've, they put all this pressure on themselves for something. And, and you're discerning it. It's called discernment. Uh, you understand that about your kids because you know your kids. The more we get to know each other, the more. And then that leads to a discussion and response, right? That's what, this is what conversation is all about. So that now we're having a two-sided discussion here. Uh, we're actually seeing some things happen. It's discussion responses. So here's the response concept. So somebody says something, oh, I need to pick up on that, and I need to lead it to a discussion. Okay, well, you know, maybe, could, I didn't fully understand that. Could you, for instance, I was sharing with you last week about some of the prayer requests that I, that I got, right? And I had to, sometimes as I would read the prayer request, and I would ask the, the student, usually stay there while I read this. I want to make sure I understand it. And sometimes I would say, can you clarify this part? Now, I'm going to dig into this prayer request a little bit uh, because I don't fully know what you're trying to say. And so that's the idea of discussion and response. Let's ask some questions. So uh, tips for good conversation. Of course, what we always want to do is smile, right? That's always a good conversation starter. It really is. No one wants to talk to a grumpy person. Uh, and we, we actually need to watch our body language. Right? Do we want to make sure that our body language is... is uh, let me give you some examples. Please, please, don't look at anybody, don't whatever. I don't know if there's anybody in here that's like this. Nobody, nobody in here is like this that I'm going to mention, that I know of anyway. But those people who kind of make you feel uncomfortable because they stand like three inches from you when they're talking to you, and you just always want to like back away. <laughs> it's like, the body language is a little bit off, right? Now, by the way, if you're married to them, no big deal, right? But if it's like, ay, 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 <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, okay, let's, let's get to know each other a little bit first, <laughs> you know, uh, whatever. So you've got to watch the body language stuff, so that leads us to good conversation. All right, let's keep going. Um, I like these things. So it's, remember we have the Spirit. Move toward, greet one another, right? This is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to... Hey, I, I am actually happy to see you. So we move toward, not like back away. Uh, we have thoughtful conversations. And then the next one is see the good and enjoy one another. Now, this is a tough one. In me. What good dwelleth in me? The Bible says. None, right? Zero. So the apostle, the apostle Paul was talking, he says, I know that in me dwells no good thing. So when we say see the good, we're not suggesting that we saint people. You know, we're not making saints out of people. Uh, we're not, oh, you know, and pretending that everybody's like the, the most glorious thing on the planet. Uh, that's not what it means by see the good. The idea is, is what we're going to focus on. In this room, I would guess there are some people that, you know, you like, oh, you know, they're a nice person, but I wish they would quit doing, I wish they would not say, I wish they would, and, and there's something about them that kind of just rubs us the wrong way, right? And if we're not careful, we get focused on that. And we see that person, that's all we think about. We've, we've forgotten how to look past that and see the good. And while, yes, it is true that all of us have, you know, our warts and, and everything else that we need to deal with, the reality is all of us also have some good qualities, and what we need to do is learn how to focus on the right things. 
if I'm going to be a helper, then I cannot, I cannot allow you know, these preconceptions that I have to stop me from moving forward in, in taking my part of this every joint working together. So, you know, we've got to figure out how to, how to actually look at, to focus on the positives, right? There's an old song, you know, uh, you've got to accentuate the positives. And what do you do with the negative? Eliminate the negative. You guys don't know that song, apparently. Okay. I'm the only one that knows songs that are from the 40s, I guess. I don't know. But anyway, I'd sing it for you, but it's whatever. But then it goes on to this. By doing that, it allows us to actually enjoy one another. You know, one of the things that's unique about our church, we are a joyful church, but that's not the uniqueness. I mean, anybody can be joyful. If with Christ, right? Because it's through the Spirit. But one of the unique things about our church is that when people come in, they see us enjoying one another. It is, it is I'm just telling you, it's unique. You'd, you'd be shocked how many churches don't seem to... It's not that they don't like each other, it's just that they don't enjoy one another. Uh, you know, one of the joys of family is that we enjoy one another, Right? We enjoy getting together. So we can't we we anticipate Christmas and Thanksgiving and and the birthdays and the family reunions. It's like and and it's always discouraging to me when I when I hear somebody's like we got a family reunion to go. This I mean it's a family reunion. I I, I come from one of those families we just enjoy. So I'm not making this up. In 1900, the Ray family began a family reunion in Worthington Park in southern Indiana. And it still happens annually today. 123 years later, you know, it's like, I don't know these people from Adam. You know, I mean, don't know them. I mean, somehow we're related, you know, but it's like, that's a lot of family reunion time, right? That's a lot of... but getting to that point where we just enjoy one another. Well, that's going to happen if we'll focus on the good parts, right? And rather than focus on the bad parts. Like, man, is pastor still going? Let's focus on the good parts, and uh, we'll see what we can do. So, we're going to talk about how to enjoy, uh, how to see the good and enjoy. So, looking for the good in the person and in the circumstance. Now, listen up. If I get in the habit of seeing the good, and now somebody's stepped in and I'm I'm putting I'm allowing the Holy Spirit of God to let, let me be a helper. And this person is struggling with this person over here or they're struggling with this circumstance over here, but I've gotten into a habit of seeing the positives. The problem they're in is that they're they're stuck in the negatives and all they can see is the negative. But I can help them because I can show them the, there's some positive things that have come out of the negatives, right? Um, so I preached a sermon one time years ago. I don't know that I would preach it again, cause it's, but I look back at my sermon sometimes and think, oh, I can't believe I preached that one. But uh, anyway, it was like, I, I think I titled it, Why I Am Thankful for Divorce, Abortion, and I can't remember, I had three things that were like crazy, right? But they are things that I can be thankful for. My mom and dad got a divorce, and that drove me to church. 
And then through going to church, I heard the gospel and trusted Jesus Christ my Savior. And then I invited my sister and my brother to come to church, and they both got saved. And I invited my dad to start coming to church, and he got right with God. And then we started talking to my mom. So, I mean, I don't know if any of that would have happened had my mom and dad not gotten a divorce. I am not suggesting that we should consider divorce a good thing. But there is no question that God used divorce to bring glory to his name and to change some lives, right? He just did. Then, um, you remember Mia's story, so, you know, Mia's birth parents were going to give her over to an abortion and uh, God intervened and because God intervened and because the abortion law made them wait 24 hours which gave mom you know a grandma a chance to intervene we got Mia you know and I don't know you know had they not gone for the for the abortion if they would have actually given the given Mia up for adoption but I'm glad they did. You understand? I mean, so it, it's like, so we, we can focus on those things. I can, I can help some people see their circumstance or see a, a person in their life differently because I've gotten into a habit of looking for those positive aspects instead of focusing on the negative, right? There's, a, there's two sides to every coin, and we need to, to get, so he's trying to get us to, how to become this good helper? Well, we need to notice character qualities, um, patience, selflessness, humility, self-control, etc. All of the people that we come in contact with have character qualities. And too often, when we're focusing on the negative, and I'm talking to moms and dads here for a moment, we look at our kids, we're so quick to see where our kids are wrong. And we jump on that, right? You need to stop this. You need to quit that. You need to start doing this. And, and we're focusing on the negative. When's the last time you said to one of your kids, I just want to tell you, I, I've been watching your selflessness toward your brother. And I, I just want you to know how much I appreciate that. We accentuate the positive, right? Uh, and and it, so when I'm walking in, he, when walking in here, when we say, oh, somebody needs help, we're not going to be like, Man, you need some help, brother. You've got no. We're not. We're not looking for the negative. Even then, we're looking for the positive. And you know how I can help each other. How we can help each other? We can say, I, I appreciate your faithfulness. You know, you're here every single Wednesday. Thank you so much for being so faithful. Now, I have helped them by encouraging them. I've noticed something that God is doing in their lives that's positive. I don't have to look for the negatives. I'm not. I'm not looking for somebody to be down and out and, oh, man, do they need help. The idea of help is sometimes just an encouragement. We need to notice some character qualities. Uh, when our kids exercise self-control, remember uh, two months ago when you got onto your kid for, for uh, kicking you know, the, their sibling because they were angry? But you, did you remember last week when they didn't kick him to point it out? Hey, son, I, I noticed you had some self-control there. I really appreciate that. that. That's the Holy Spirit of God working in you, and that's exciting for me to watch. And we focus on the positive. And by the way, if we did that in our marriage, can you see where marriage might be easier, too? We're so quick to point out what we don't like about each other in marriage. You know, because we feel so comfortable with each other. It's just a reality. We do. We feel so comfortable with each other. We can, we can say what we think, and we just trust that person to, to um, 
you know, take it and not be offended. And they probably will. But I'm telling you, most people have delicate egos that are easily bruised. Most people. Men and women like, but men are probably worse than the women. And you know what we need, ladies? We need somebody to say, I really appreciate you doing this and, and noticing the positive. Because we get, people are always telling us the negatives, right? Always. That's daily. There's somebody out there telling us the negatives. We need to be looking for, so notice the character qualities. Notice gifts and talents, right? Um, we struggle. I struggle. This is just my personal struggle. I am not a big person for applause at church. Now, applause is not the same thing as clapping, like to music, you know, playing your part. I don't care about that part. That I really don't really care if people are keeping keeping track of music. That's that's fine. But applause in church, I struggle with, and the reason is because when we get up to sing a special or play a special, we have done that for the Lord not for you. And we're not looking for your affirmation in that state. You understand? I mean, we're not. We, and all of a sudden, if we're not careful, the, the attention goes from the Lord. And, and so I struggle with it. Not that, now, you know me. I'm also, I tell you, I stand up and tell you from the pulpit. I, I think we should applaud our children because we do want to encourage our children. You know, but the flip side is I don't want to get my kids more interested in self-affirmation than it is about in ministry, than it is about lifting up Christ, right? So it's a delicate balance, but we clap for the kids, and we don't make any apologies for it, and we, we want to encourage them. You know, but we do need to notice gifts and talents, right? When somebody is using their gifts and talents for the Lord, we need to notice it and, and let them know that we appreciate that. And uh, so, you know, it, it's... It's just trying to find that balance, right? It is. It's just trying to find that balance of how do you, how do you do that without, without turning all of a sudden turning the attention off Christ and onto the the individual. Um, you know, the I think it was uh, um, Charles Spurgeon. I think it was that said, you know, he knows he's preached a really good sermon when walking out of the church people are talking about the sermon more than the sermonizer, more than the preacher. You know, when they're saying, when they're talking about the substance of the message, the God that the message was about, rather than, preacher, that was a really good message. Okay, well then, you know, let's just talk about the God of that. It's just an interesting concept. But notice those gifts and talents. Notice spiritual vitality, you know, uh, growth that's taking place. Let's notice it. Um, you know, again, we just get in the habit of being negative. We can walk in and we can say, we didn't like this and we didn't like this, and we can pick, we can pick sermons apart and we can pick, uh, you know, churches apart and we can pick each other apart. Uh, we're so quick to do it, and it's just easy to do. I mean, you don't have to look very, very hard, right, to see stuff about your pastor that shouldn't be there. You don't have to look very hard to see stuff about our church that should change, we have to look. that's easy to do. Anybody can do that. Anybody can do that. But noticing when there's spiritual growth, uh, that takes us letting the Holy Spirit of God help us out. So 
Uh, that's, he's trying to give us some encouragement here. How to be a good helper is seeing the good and enjoying the ride, right? Enjoying uh, each other as, as we work together. Then he uh, ends, this is our last one here. So being a good helper, we remember we have the Spirit. Spirit of God's in us and empowering us to be a helper. Move toward and greet each other. Don't shy away from people. Don't be afraid of people. Have thoughtful conversations. Think through what we're going to say. Get in the habit of seeing the positive and, and enjoying one another, right? Um, let me give you this one real quick. See, I, I, part of my marriage counseling is to young couples, learn how to see the humor in life. Because life is way too serious anyway. And so learn how to see the humor in it. So Melody, I hate when, don't you hate when people take that and use it against you? Uh, so <clears throat> one day, I think I told you this story. One day, I'm, it's, the kids are really young, and I, we're, we're in a hurry trying to get them to school. And I'm dressed just like this because I'm going to go teach, and they're going to go. And uh, so J.D. <clears throat> spills his milk. Milk, of all things, all over the table and the floor. You know how nasty milk is. And you, so he needs to have his milk, so I get him another glass of milk, and I'm busy trying to clean up the milk. And I am on my hands and knees cleaning up milk off the floor so that it doesn't all soak into the wood of the hardwood floor and you know, milk can really start reeking. And, and the second glass goes on my head as I am on the floor cleaning up the first glass of milk that this kid, and I am ticked. And Melody's like, see the humor. <laughs> You're going to see my humor. <laughs> but the reality is, you know what, now, I have no problem seeing it. It is hilarious, isn't it? It's a, it's a great story. It's a hilarious story. If you can see the humor early, then it takes away the frustration. I'm not frustrated about that now. In fact, I think it's a funny story. And the, and once, the sooner I can see the humor, the sooner I can enjoy the moments we have together. And, and so we've got to figure out how to do that. So his last suggestion to us here is in this working together, to walk together and tell stories. One of the neatest things that happened for our church during COVID, and if you missed this, you need to go back on on Facebook or face, uh, yeah, Facebook it probably is. I don't know where they are, if they're out there on YouTube or Facebook or where they are. But you got, we, had, we had several years ago collected stories from many of you. Now, many of you weren't here, so we didn't collect your stories. And we had about 101 of them. And we were going to do something with them. We were actually going to try to like make our own little devotional book. All right, that's what we collected the stories for. And then it kind of went by the wayside, and these pile of stories just sat there. And so all of a sudden, here we are at COVID, and I literally am just trying to figure out what to do to stay busy. You know, I want to be a good pastor, but you can't go visit people, and you can't, we're not having church services, and here we are. And so the Holy Spirit of God reminded me, you've got a pile of stories. And so I dug out those stories. And I changed them a little bit so that they sounded like Paul Harvey. I didn't tell you who it was, the story was about, until we got to the end of the rest of the story, so to speak, right? And every morning, we would, it would it's about a five-minute story, I would read one of those stories every morning. Hi, Southeast, good to see you again. We had hundreds of people watching those stories being told. 
I had pastor friends. Rory Bond up in Muncie could not wait for me to post another story. Of, and we called them Stories from Southeast. That's what we called them. And people were watching these stories. And, you know, they were just stories. That's all they were. But they were interesting to people. And we, we did that for almost a year. Had 101 of them, and we didn't do the weekends. So, you know, we just, we just kept them going for about, I don't know, eight months or so. It was wonderful. And by the time we got done with the stories, we were back in church, and everybody was together. And now we really had something to talk about because we, we knew things about people we didn't know before. It was just a, a great experience. He, he says, let's learn to tell stories. Nowadays, our stories, if they don't fit within a 30-second um, video clip, we're not interested in them. And yet, the whole of our families are built on stories. You, have you ever noticed like a little kid is enamored by great-grandmas sitting there by the Christmas tree telling stories from what seems like the little kid 175 years ago, you know, and what life must have been like, and, and they're just enamored with it. The stories do that. And I was reminded of that during COVID about just how powerful stories are. And that's what this guy's saying. Stories are powerful, and we can use those stories to help, but we have to actually, you know what we have to do? We have to slow down and take the time to tell a story or to listen to a story. Right, so he's going to give us some things. Uh, short stories. Hey, what did the doctor say? I remember you were going to the doctor. What did the doctor say? That's a short story. How was your vacation? Short story. How did you end up in this area? That might be a long story, but that could be a short story, right? He gives you some long stories. How did you become? And he says, he says literally, ask this. How did you become a follower of Jesus? Give me the long version. <laughs> you know, because all of us can give the short version. Well, I was 16. I asked Jesus to be my Savior. Yeah, okay, good. Now give me the long version. I want to know about that divorce that your mom and dad had. And I want to know how, why it took you three years sitting in church before you actually trusted Christ your Savior. Now, give me the long version. Let's hear the stories. Uh, tell me about the family you were raised in. You know, you know how much your family has made you who you are today? Think about that. And all of a sudden, when I hear about your family, I understand things about you that I never knew before. Because I didn't, I just didn't know that. You know, many of you may or may not know this, but Miss Faith was raised in an Italian family. And you need to hear some of the stories about, was it your dad that was in World War II? And, and you need to hear some of these stories. I mean, it, they're phenomenal stories, and they'll bring you in. Uh, to, we understand. You may or may not know, Miss Nina's family is from uh, Serbia. And there's stories behind that. that and you just, you just need to have her tell you a story about going to a wedding <laughs> or about their own wedding. Uh, Serbian weddings are different than the ones that we, we have here in America. And, uh, and Nate's like, yes, they are. And it, but they're phenomenal. In Sunday school, they'll be telling us about, yeah, we went to a wedding this weekend, and everybody's like listening to these stories about this wedding that they went to because it's so fascinating to us who are so accustomed to our own customs. It's amazing. And all of a sudden you understand people in different ways because you're hearing the story. Uh, he does give us a caution. I'm running out of time here. He says, avoid matching stories. In other words, when they say something, well, I can beat that one, and we want to remember what we're doing the stories for. Let somebody have their moment. 
let them tell their story, and then use that as the conversation starter to help them take that story and point it to the positive instead of the negative. Do you understand? Some people get caught in the negative. You know, isn't it amazing? Two people who have very similar backgrounds. They were raised by an abusive alcoholic father. Raised by an abusive alcoholic father. And this person who's chosen to accentuate the positive is able to see how God has used that to help them build the family. Back. And then there's this other person who's been in, you know, in therapy for the last 17 years because they can't get past the negative where their focus is. And I know that I'm, I'm, I'm speaking generally, right? And I know that everybody's story is somewhat different. And you say, well, Pastor, they really need that. Okay, I understand that. But much of this is where we're going to focus. Two people raised similarly, coming out differently because they're choosing to. And our job, as we're working together, is to help them, right? to help. And uh, we can see. So follow and draw out the important points and uh, make sure that those stories become meaningful. All right. I've taken up way too much of your time. It's 7.55. We'll uh, divide up in prayer groups. Anybody have a prayer request you'd like to make before we divide up into prayer groups? And then we'll let you go. Ms. Brooke? Your sister-in-law, Stephanie? Your sister-in-law, Stephanie? Blood cancer, so uh, starting treatment, so pray for that. Christy? That's on top of the cancer that he's fighting as well. So what's happening with cancer? Okay. Okay. All right. I did get... Uh, a message about uh, Robert, for those of you who are waiting to hear. Good news, a specialist uh, said that he's doing well, feels Robert's problem is that he's not drinking enough and staying hydrated, which is causing his kidney function to drop. So if you would uh, continue to pray for Robert on that. So I don't know about the spots on his lungs, but at least the kidney part, they believe it's just important to stay hydrated. Right? Everybody knows that? So. And water isn't always the best hydration. Sometimes you need something more like some electrolytes in there someplace. Anybody else? Pete's still recovering from pneumonia, so pray for him. Sounds like you're losing your voice. Okay. Anybody else? And I don't know if you caught on the prayer chain, but uh, Joe Campbell's mom passed away today, this morning, so this morning or was it last night last night sorry so uh, pray for joe campbell's family the funeral is going to be saturday uh at shirley brothers thank you at shirley brothers uh so uh her name is laura jean campbell she goes by jean but laura jean campbell so uh, that's gonna be saturday and i will not be able to be there because the event that's taking place here so Anybody that can be representative of the church would be a blessing. All right, and then pray for good weather on Saturday. Break up into your prayer groups, and don't forget your kids when you dismiss. God bless you.